tired of watching people on the screen? Do you look forward to a time when you can actually get together more and feel safe and not be worried about who's vaccinated, who's not vaccinated? Just a sense of normality again. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And yet here we are encouraging you to watch us either online or listen to it. Where in the world is the balance? COVID definitely swung us in one direction. When we return, what is that going to look like? And not only that, but think back 40 years ago, 50 years ago, no internet. What if COVID had hit then? How would communities have survived? So when it comes to all that, there's the blessings and the curses. But one person that is continually a blessing that's my partner, oh, Janelle Taphorn. Thank you. How are You're you this a blessing morning? Too. How are I'm you? I'm good. Are you? Yeah, I had a really rough week, but it's turned around. So. I'm sorry, you had a rough week, but yeah. you had a good. You've had a good weekend so far. So far, I did. Great. Yeah. 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 Yesterday, I had a, a funeral. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, actually, you know, it's. One of the things that I'm able to do here at Church of the Beatitudes is I offer my services to a, a funeral home that occasionally needs someone to step in and mm. they don't have their own minister. So it is yeah. just, it's, it's really an amazing opportunity to, to have people allow me into their lives. It's almost like I get this little bit of time yeah. where I get to learn so much about them. And then it, wow. it's, it's really a gift that, that I've... It, I'm grateful for that nice. I have the opportunity to get to know other people. Yeah. But I'm excited about today's subject. Are you? Yeah. I remember growing up, mm -hmm. Jerry Falwell, yes. Oral Roberts, Jimmy Swagger, and Tammy Faye Baker. And the Bakers and all that mascara. Yep. And then um, the god of evangelism himself, um, Billy Graham. Oh. Right. I mean, there was they, these men had such a following. Yeah. And yet, the sermon that we're going to be highlighting today was mm -hmm. written back in the '70s, and was actually speaking out against televangelists. Wow, that's kind of a bold move for back then. Yeah. So, how in the world does that tie into today, especially mm -hmm. given the influx? And it seems like all churches or the majority of churches, are online to some degree in some fashion. That's correct. There's not much televangelism going on anymore. I mean, Joel Olstein and... Right. Not the big names that we used to have. 700 I mean, Club, I guess, is still around, right? Yeah. But it's definitely a, ch a shift that has taken place. For sure. So that will be our subject that we look at today. Uh, this is also the purpose of Monodia is to create a worship environment for your ears. It's an alternative way of worshiping. And that actually comes into question here as we look at this subject. Is that a positive thing? Is there a role for different forms of worship that take place when we aren't able to gather together? Is there value in that or is it destructive? Those are the thoughts we will be talking about right after this break.
me a long time to learn how to talk into a camera, to see more than just a black lens, to eventually train my mind to believe that there are people behind there, and what I want more than anything is to connect with you. But that's really hard when I can't see you. And I know that you right now can't be here physically with me. One of the reasons why we started Monodia was we wanted to have that experience of interaction. But also what's nice is we actually have now started inviting individuals to come in. We're doing kind of a soft opening and inviting them to come in and listen and then engage with us when we move into the dialogue part. But again, you go back in time. There was a, there was a moment where the only way you could go to church was if you physically went there or if you could watch a few televangelists who had the money and the resources to be able to buy time on TV. Even some of the larger TVs, were able, uh, churches were able to do that, purchase local airtime and air their services. But for the majority of the churches, that was something that was very difficult. With COVID, everyone quickly pivoted to trying to get cameras and be, go online because people were quarantined. People couldn't come in contact with each other. Well, that has raised a lot of pluses and a lot of minuses. And it makes us stop and evaluate the purpose of the church, the nature of the church. Can it go virtually online? Is that enough? Or does it need to be physically present? Can it be online only, in person only? Or is there a hybrid in between? And what is the mix of that to make it successful? When Bill Nelson, who is the one who wrote this sermon, when he talked about this idea of the rise of fundamentalism again, he felt like one of the ways that that was taking place was the large amount of individuals who were now using TV to draw people in. And his criticism on, its, on the surface level more was this idea that they were self-serving, they were ego-driven, and the one that caught my attention was, he said, it's more about entertainment than anything else. Today, we think about that, and the same thing could be to said about churches. It doesn't matter if they're online or offline. They can be. Ministers can be self-seeking. Churches can be just all about keeping themselves afloat, and their main concern is themselves, and they use other people to do that. And would you go to a church that wasn't somewhat entertaining, where you were bored and indifferent? But the one criticism that he really talks about is, and he says is the crux of the issue, is that watching church on TV promotes the individuals to be spectators. And he promoted that being a part of a church is not spectator-oriented. Instead of watching from the stands, you're on the field, you're part of the team. And the reason why being just a spectator is not going to work, he says, is because we, we as human beings, when a crisis comes into our life, we need more than that. We need a sense of community, a sense of belonging. 
And so when we have high points in our life that take place, when a child is born, when someone dies, when a wedding takes place, when a funeral takes place, on the high days such as Christmas and Easter, we want community, he says. We want to be able to come together. And when we come together in those opportunities, for example, Sunday mornings or whenever your spiritual community meets, you get to know each other. And when you have a time of difficulty, you can turn to each other in order to have the support that is needed. So that raises the whole question about the nature of the church itself. Are we to be more than spectators? Well, the reason why Bill called this sermon uh, sycophancy is this idea of, is our goal just to flatter God? Is it just to come together and worship? And if you can do that from your couch at home, back then watching a televangelist or today watching online, who needs church? Why not just worship? Well, Bill Nelson talks about a text, a parable. And in that parable, he talks about those individuals who came to, to God at the judgment and said, you know, we're, we're your followers. We've worshiped you. And he said, yeah, but why didn't you take care of people? Why didn't you take care of me when I was hungry, when I was thirsty, when I needed something to wear? And they reply, wait, 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 we never saw you doing that. And Jesus replies, as he tells the story about God and the judgment, Jesus says, yeah, but if you do it unto one person, you've really done it unto me. And Bill highlights that what Jesus was focusing upon was the interconnectedness that is needed and that should be a part of church. That then emphasizes the point that we cannot just worship online. He goes on to argue that community is so important. In fact, it is in community that we experience the presence of God. That that is where we truly have a sense of what God is, and that is in relationships when we are connected with each other. And so when we come together as community, we learn how to deal with each other. At times, when someone is up, upsets us, we learn how to forgive. When someone is hurting, we learn how to help. When someone is experiencing a great joy, we learn how to be a part of that and share in that. And if we can do it with those that we worship with on a regular basis, then when we walk out into the larger community, perhaps we've learned. And that's why some people would say that the church is like a lab. It's where we practice. It's where we practice what it means to live the life of Jesus in how we treat one another, how we interact and deal with one another. We practice it together, and then we go out to make a difference. In concluding, Bill says the following, for the fact is there is no salvation out of some sort of gathered community. Now, he doesn't explain how he's using the word salvation here. I'm going to take it and go back, perhaps, to what Bill may have thought about. If not, it's the first thought that came to my mind, is the word salvation. In Greek, to be saved also means to be healed, to be made whole. So the question then for you 
to think about and the one that we will dialogue about is where he says there is no salvation, perhaps to say no wholeness outside of some sort of gathered community. Is that really true? Do we need each other? That is what we will be addressing next in our dialogue. Please stay tuned as you, and reflect upon that question for yourself. We've talked a lot about this, Tony, in the past. Uh, 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 a lot, almost every day. I don't, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're spot on. I don't know if there are, I mean, there is so much coming out right now from church outlets, news mm -hmm. outlets, mm -hmm. um, different organizations that promote church welfare, welfare and well-being. Mm -hmm. And they're saying that there's no going back. Right. But yet, I just saw an article Mm -hmm. That's entitled, Why Our Church Will Unplug from Streaming. And goes on to make this comment. What? Online church yeah. is the cliff notes uh -huh. of worship. It's a cheap substitute. <laughs> oh, wow. Is that, too, is that too strong? It is. I'm all about leveraging technology. I mean, they were doing it with televangelism. Right. And, and, and that's like, why I have a comment here from Philip. He said, in 1984, I started following Robert Schuller at the Crystal Cathedral. 
And he found that very helpful back to get back to spirituality. He had been away for like 30 years. Yeah, and Robert Schuller was probably the one that kind of, when you compare him to the other televangelist, he was the one that was more on the left side of that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's... So like, yeah. So on the like, other side, like the, Philip said, that's Phil said that's a that's a it was a positive for him. And if it hadn't been for Crystal Cathedral and those people that gave money to support that ministry, uh-huh. Phil would not have had this conduit back into something that is a part of his life now. Yeah, but on the flip side, okay. I have another comment here: the rise of televangelism, especially Jerry Falwell, Pat Robertson, pushed me away from the church. I wouldn't call myself a Christian to another person because I didn't want them to think of that I was a Falwell or a Robertson follower. They effectively hijacked the term Christianity. Yeah. Right? I mean, so that's the dilemma. I mean, you just captured, those two individuals captured the problem that we're facing right now. Yeah, I agree. But I also think... Over the past year and a half, Mm -hmm. we have now put in place an infrastructure for this. So all the internet service providers, they've had to upgrade their networks just because everybody, you know, flooded the internet. And so websites had to upgrade their software to handle all the users, the millions of users. We had to adapt. Right. So now we just cut it off. Well, I think the criticism they're saying is you you no longer need a commitment to a spiritual community in mm-hmm. this day and age. You don't the, a study was done where they showed that during COVID when churches the majority of churches were shut down. What took place was that the majority of individuals were not only watching their service but watching another service as well. They were they were they were out looking. Uh-huh. And some actually moved completely away from their church to other churches. Yeah. So I think the argument is, is that when you lose that sense of connection with your community, your sense of loyalty to that community, you're basically on your own. You're out there on your own looking. Yeah. But I still think you can have community digitally. Well, you can't. This person would disagree with you. Says the following: Live streaming is the spiritual equivalent of a deployed soldier having a Zoom relationship with his wife. Necessary, but nothing you'd want to get used to. Hmm. So yeah, at times it's necessary, perhaps. Yeah. But I don't know. I think that it's there are tons of people that have found community online. And they're completely happy with it. Well, and that raises the next question. Bill, you know, Bill Nelson, one of the things he said that uh, I didn't share, but I thought it was really, uh, it was one that, Hmm. he says, God's presence is found as we encounter one another, as we gather with each other. I, is that true? Can you have God's presence on your own? I would think so. I'm thinking about the homebound. They have no choice, no alternative. Correct. Correct. But to have something online. 
I have a comment here that um, on the average, I watch five services a week, and mm. I love that I get to explore and learn from different leaders and communities. So yeah, you expose yourself to a lot more than just your neighborhood church, right? But then on the flip side, does the meaning of communion change when you do a virtual gathering? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there is a difference. Those are great questions. Uh, you, you, just in the interpersonal communication realm itself, we know that a, a large percentage of communication takes place with nonverbal language. Mm -hmm. And you, we miss out on that when we're online. You remember just recently, yeah. I was gone on a Sunday and mm -hmm. I pre-recorded the service. Yeah, I do. From what I heard, yeah, it wasn't as, as engaging for people than if I had physically been there. For the people in that, person? In person. Yeah. But what about the people that watch you every week? online and that raises the question we, it, what feedback are they giving you for that um nothing around that area that i'm seeing okay uh so i think that's one of the things that i find interesting is that you have we where is the balance of per church and mm -hmm. what how to what degree do we want community from church and what is the role of community in church so for example is is are churches a lot like the Lions Club or the Rotaries or the Kiwanis? A social club. Yeah. It's a place where you go and your kids, they can play in the gym. You can uh, watch movies. It's just a way you hang out. Is that what the purpose of church is? You build this community. And the reality is... No, it's about experiencing God, isn't it? But can you do that by yourself? Sure. Bill Nelson says God's presence is found as we encounter one another. So do we need that? Well, I have a comment here. If you're talking about online versus in person, you're speaking about the balance of the two, yes? Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, well, let's go back to what you said about the homebound people. Yeah. You know, it's easy to forget them. Ouch. Yeah. But yeah. And now that we're putting it online, mm -hmm. we can say, well, but they're online. But there is a, a level of engagement online. If they choose. So, for example, if you're watching live, that's one thing. If you're watching it at a later time, you're watching it alone. You mean, you literally, if those individuals yeah, if on this podcast... Live, yeah, if it's not live stream. If it's not live stream, those Correct. who are watching this at a later time or those who are just listening to it audioly, this literally is there. It's something that they're going to do alone. True. Do we miss out on something? Do we lose something by not coming together? I don't know. I, I, I keep going back to being able to reach people that we were never able to reach before. Our society is not about Sunday church. Yeah, but there, but there was there a, are a ton of people that watch it in the middle of the week. But and there was we, an advantage, Janelle. To what? To neighborhood churches. People got to know each other. They so and so went to that church. So and so went to that church. Yeah, well, you can do that online. You can, and you can do it throughout the week. Go on. I think it opens up the door to to. 
the single mom who has to work on Sundays, who needs the, the spiritual, being spiritually fed, she can still get that on Wednesday when she has a break from taking her kids to school. So what happens to that single mom when she gets really discouraged and down? Mm-hmm. Who, she has a community. It's not like she can't engage otherwise. You know, she can call, she can email, she can text, she can walk into the church if she, if she lives nearby. I don't know. This is all hypothetical. Versus if she had attended a, a spiritual community's gathering on a regular basis, and then something happens, and she immediately knows... I've got, you know, this person and this person I can call mm-hmm. and I can talk to for, and, I, and get their support. Or we can meet for coffee. We can, I don't know. I don't know the balance between those two. Why can't church, church evolve and change? The model of church. Well, I think, can we change the model of church without first re-examining the nature of church. What is its purpose? Mm-hmm. Is its purpose to provide a sense of community? Is that its purpose? One of its purposes. Okay. The evangelical side of Christianity yeah. has a def- definitive sense of purpose, and that is to save souls. Yeah, I, well, mm-hmm. one of their purposes it would be the main purpose. Okay. Why do you have community? Why do you have, develop relationships with people? Mm-hmm. It's to... Save your soul. It's to save their soul and then to provide support as you live this Christian life. Yeah. On the other side, you have more of those denominations which lean on the left side. Mm-hmm. It seems to be their primary purpose is social justice or social activism. Yeah. If you look at both of those, mm-hmm. they are both needing community. Correct. Yeah. And then, so the question is, is the online presence of churches taking away from that? If I wake up on a Sunday morning, it's like, eh, I think I'm just going to grab a cup of coffee and sit down and watch TV. And I'll just watch <laughs> it online. I don't feel like getting dressed up and going down there. Or, you know what? The next day... Uh, you know, I'll watch it later in the week. Instead, I'm going to start watching the football game. I mean, it's so easy to walk away from something if you're not physically committed to it or no. I mean, what's the difference between watching TV, yeah, watching a football game in person versus on TV? The difference? Yeah. Well, you're still watching it. I don't know. Well, I, 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 I can I can share with you for me. What do you think? For me, I'm a big Nebraska Cornhusker fan. I know. Big Nebraska Cornhusker <laughs> fan. I know. <laughs> and I watch them every week. Right. I watch them online. Right. It's awesome experience. Watching TV with cameras, slow motion, all of that. Yeah, you get adds, to see everything. Oh, it's so much better than than being there in person. Why? Because I get to see up close what's actually happening. They show me the replays. Okay. On the other side, I just went to a game. Yeah. Was able to physically be in that stadium. Yeah. That was one of the most amazing 
events that I've been to. Okay. Why? Because I was with other people. <laughs> I was a part of the noise. I was, you could feel the energy. I mean, it was all there. And, and I, you don't get that when I'm sitting alone watching a, a football game. There's something different about it. So it's, can't so, you watch it with other people? Why does it have to be alone? That's sad. No, you're, you're right. <laughs> the problem is in Arizona. Invite some friends over, buddy. <laughs> in Arizona, there's not a lot of <laughs> there's not a lot of Cornhusker fans. <laughs> but on no, the other, I'm Michigan, so you don't want me there. No, I don't want you there. <laughs> uh, but on the other side of that, Janelle, one of the things that more and more stadiums are doing mm. is they're bringing both technologies together. How? <clears throat> they have these huge screens that yeah. are able to show you, right? Yeah, the, the jumbotrons. Yes. Isn't that what they're called? I don't know. They show you the replays. They show you oh, all Oh, they that. do? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, there you go. See, they're blending it. It's hybrid. Yeah. They're evolving. Right. So why can't church? Some people feel that without... Coming together, we are losing a sense of community. And community is the main purpose of church. Who is that? Who is that? My, my, I, would, I would venture to say that that would be a person over the age of maybe 40 or 50. Well, the person who wrote this uh, article, when I look at both of them, one is called Jim Davis, the other is Skylar Fowler, Flowers. I don't think either one of them probably are beyond their 40s. Okay. So what about the young people? <laughs> I'm talking about 30 on down. Where their their whole world is, you know, this and digital mostly. I think watching a church service uh -huh. is not going to attract 30 down. Why? The it could. Not. But there, it could. Yeah, but look at, I mean, I, I've talked, we got on our staff a, a guy who's 21 years old, and I talked to him, and he said, YouTube. Yeah. And they need to be short. Yes. So, so putting a service out there is not going to be attractive to the 30 young people. And again, but then it I think could you... Be. But it then could I, be. But then I think you've got to stop and ask the question, what is the purpose of that? So what if you put out a you have TikTok and you have YouTube. What's the purpose of it for a church to do that? It's it, outreach. Yeah, but outreach for what purpose? To connect with other human beings that need to hear about the fact that we question all this. All right. I'm going like, I'm, I'm to let you read that card, and then I'll come back to my argument. Right now? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we're taking a break. When science and technology might have use uh, to, to peace and a better world, why have they led us to violence and war? That's a good question. <laughs> I, it's a lot easier to hide behind your screen than mm. it is to look someone in the eye and have a difficult conversation. I mean, how many, how many couples, it's not... I can't say yes to this, but how many couples end up breaking up with each other through mm -hmm. text? 
I mean, we used to, I, I remember growing up, my mom used to kind of chide me for if I broke up on the phone. Right. It was almost like, you, to be respectful, <laughs> you do it in person. Yes, you do. You broke up on the phone, and now we break up through texting. So is it, like he, he says in this comment, are we having a tendency not to develop our full selves mm-hmm. through tech, because of technology? And when it comes to worship, are we missing out? I mean, I, we're missing out right now when we hold worship and people are wearing masks. We are, yes. I cannot, when I'm speaking, I cannot see how this is impacting people's lives. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it's, I have no idea. You know, but I'm thinking about Stephen. He's our music director here. Mm-hmm. And he recently got several choir members together and they were calling um, church members. Right on the phone and singing them a song. Yes. Just to let them know that we're connected. And yes. that, like you can't quantify that connection. Right. People were so grateful. Yes. And it, it, that's using the phone, that's yes. technology. Well, maybe it's a combination. Mm-hmm. And that's why the majority of churches that I'm looking at have what they call a hybrid approach. Yeah continue to be in person, but mm-hmm. yet offer online. Some churches come up with the idea that they are, if we're really out about community, yeah. then what they do is they are going to record the service live mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then offer it online through either Facebook, Instagram, one of those things. Yeah. And if you send either your email or if you text, they will send you a link. Mm-hmm. So that is them intentionally reaching out, and then mm-hmm. you, in return, now have their data, and you can connect and reach back to them. Right. So that's why they're saying that's is, great. let's not walk away from this, but let's not live stream anymore, because live stream puts it out there immediately, and there's no reason for people to connect back to those who are doing the live stream. Unless you have a person facilitating online during that live stream. Yeah, that's true. you could, right? Um, Again, it's easy to remain anonymous. If I don't have to invest... Mm-hmm. But uh, now well, you can I'm, do that in church. You sit in the back, back row. You're anonymous. Exactly. So what's the difference? There is no difference, and that's where, to me, the big argument I could think would, would take place is more and more corporations and companies are doing everything they can to get your information. And so, what happens when church becomes another part of that? So now you're saying, well, the only way I'm going to listen to this service is if I give you my email. We're just like any other corporation that we're just trying to get your data so that we can continue to inundate inundate you with information. We did that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We had paper in pews with the little record of who's attending. Yes. Give us your name and address. That's the same thing. No, but people have choices there. Now we're saying the only way to get this product mm-hmm. is you have to give us your information. It's basically commerce. You give, we give versus saying, hey, here it is. And if okay, you want... Okay, well, back up the truck. Let me just... 
doesn't say that Beatitudes. What truck? <laughs> <laughs> the Beatitudes website. You can watch us did live. You just, did you just hear everyone in the audience? Not everyone, <laughs> but there was a group of them that all of a sudden went beep, beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> and I got headphones on and I can still hear them. <laughs> my point is that they don't have to sign up. They don't have to give me their information. They can go to my website and they can watch it. Because right, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm giving it away. Correct. You're, you're but walking here, in the church. We're not charging tickets, right? And, but here's the other problem, Janelle. That what? churches are beginning to think about. What? Facebook. What about it? Is Should churches be using Facebook's mm -hmm. social media platforms? Um, and in, so that includes Instagram. Because of some of the choices that Facebook has made that they believe are not helpful to the larger society. And so churches are supporting that mm -hmm. by live streaming on that platform. And that, that helps them, literally helps them. Agreed. But and yet, I, if, I you, if you pull your presence. So you're going to pull the moral card on this. I'm just telling you what I read. <laughs> And if you, but if you choose not to be live streaming, yeah, and you choose not to be on those social platforms, you're dead. Exactly. So it's almost <laughs> like, what do you do on the one side? If you want to, if if you're saying, look, I don't want to support this, uh huh. But if you're not out there and they can't see you, uh -huh. you're right. You will get passed over. <sighs> yeah. So it is a, a different time that we're living in. Yeah. Here's, I, here's another question I have for you when it comes to about church and community. What? I, I join, I, I'm a member of a gym. Okay, great. When, when I go to the gym. I hope it's every day. I don't go for community. <laughs> what do you go for? To work out. <laughs> I don't go there to meet my best friend. <laughs> but some people do. Or to do. hang out with people. I know. Some but, people do. There's gym rats. Do you know right. what gym rats are? Yes, they live in the gym. Yeah. And in some and ways, they have then, a community. You, then you could call them church rats. Uh, yeah. We're ch church mice, isn't it? What, but what? <laughs> <laughs> Booyah. <laughs> I don't know. Some people would say it's church rats. <laughs> I, I, but I don't, I think, I'm wondering today if people's communities are so diverse uh -huh. that there was a time when church was everything for people. It was... Mm -hmm. Their kids' friends went there. Mm -hmm. Their friends went there. They usually would support the businesses that were owned by those people that went to church. Yeah. Have we become, now with the digital world, have we become where our communities are so diverse and so spread out that the role of church maybe is changing? And I maybe it, it change. And maybe it's not to be... Or, or it cannot be the community that it used to be. No, that's nostalgic. And instead, it? it is more of something, is it like a gym now? For those people that want to get invested and become a part of that community and work out with people they know. And, and get healthy and whole. And go to, and work out and in Hasn't um, that been the purpose of church, is yeah. to be whole and healthy. Yeah. Spiritually. So that is, is that, is speaking. that, yeah. Why not? Yeah. So we will call 
our church planet fitness <laughs> I don't know. Come get your spiritual workout. Yes. Well, it kind of is. That's funny because we use that terminology in our, our vernacular when we talk about spiritual mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Hmm. You got another card there. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Amazon has changed the way we purchase to what we value. Aha. Uh -huh. Good comment. <laughs> I think I know who that came from. <laughs> I just listened to a fascinating podcast where it talked about on Amazon, and it could be maybe worship, mm -hmm. is Amazon has created, and it's happened to me, where I expect two things now. Mm -hmm. I expect it to be there quick, and I expect yeah. it to be cheap. Yep. And I don't care mm -hmm. at what expense to other people's lives that is comes at. I just want it now, and I don't want to spend a lot of money, money for it. Yeah. And that is having a rollover effect. True. And so I think that's where some people would say church, is church now becoming a part of that? Is church becoming a part of the digital community? And by doing that, mm -hmm. we are not asking people to sacrifice. We're not asking them to make commitments. They can watch when they want. They don't have to watch it when it's live. They can watch it anytime. They can go back and watch it by themselves. Mm -hmm. Is that a, a, it, will that help us as a society? Will we benefit from that? But if we stand back and stay and be convicted and stubborn about it and and like go off the grid, mm -hmm. we nobody will come. Mm -hmm. Well, the only way they would come is through word of mouth. You know, people want going one to one in that. And how does that it, work now when it, people like are in their neighborhoods and they pull into their garage and they hit the garage door button? I, I agree. They're not talking to each other. Agree, and that's where. How do you be a part of something and be relevant, but yet not become a part of the problem? Yeah. It is, this is an, I'm, I've been in the ministry for over 30 years. Mm -hmm. And this has probably been one of the, the last five years. Yeah. Has been one of the most challenging times to watch how quickly things are changing. Yeah. And it's hard because part of it is like, well, we want everything to stay the same. But yet on the other side of it, if you don't change, like you said, you lose your relevancy. And I think if you don't, and that really goes back to, I think whatever the spiritual community is, I think it goes back to what is your purpose? What is it that you are offering? What is it that, that your spiritual community is offering that no one else can? And have that sense of purpose. That is something I think it won't matter if you're online or if you're in person. I think there has to be this sense of purpose. And for me, that sense of purpose is tied back to ideas and beliefs. Mm -hmm. I believe that what we believe about God and humanity makes a huge difference yeah. in the quality of your life yes. and your relationships with other people. So therefore... That's why we want something that's digital, 
mm -hmm. on this podcast. Yes. But yet also, we are having individuals that are physically present here. True. And, Hybrid. And that is why we have Monodia. It is truly meant to eventually create a space where people can come together and share ideas, where people can dialogue. And you saw a little bit of that just now, where individuals that are here physically engaged with us and through ideas, which helped me think about things maybe that I hadn't thought about before. And I think maybe that's the purpose of spiritual community. If all it is is just a social time to get together and hang out with your friends, that's okay, I guess, for some. But I can find that in a lot of different places. Find it in a bike club, right? So what is it that's unique? And I think that's where spiritual communities come into play is to talk about things that you probably aren't going to talk about with other people on a regular basis. So maybe Janelle, that's the key, is mm. we have to find that line, yeah. that balance between going alone, mm -hmm. kind of being a maverick of your own, yeah. versus being a part of something that will help you and challenge you in what it means to be a human being. Nice. And I'm going to say that they can digitally connect with us <laughs> if and they have how, comments. And how will they do that? By emailing us at media at beatitudeschurch.org. Media at beatitudeschurch.org. Fantastic. So you can't get away from it. Yeah, you just can't. Agreed. I agree. And that's why also, so she just gave you the email address. So as we sign off, I'm going to offer you this. If you ever would like to come and watch us live on Monodia, we are located on the corner of Glendale and 7th Avenue. We start here at 845. We will have a way for you to find us. Uh, you can get online. You can find out information more about our gathering but it's an opportunity to really come together and watch. And then after we sign off, we're going to sit and talk about some more and actually allow people to physically share their ideas with us rather than just through the digital world. Have a great day. Have a great week. And remember, stay safe out there. Energy breathing. Our breathing centers around moving energy within our bodies through controlled breathing techniques, such as using or focusing on your diaphragm. Our diaphragm is the most efficient muscle of breathing. 
It is located at the bottom of your lungs. And with this technique, you will be able to take in more air and decrease the demand for oxygen. While sitting down or lying on your back, place one hand on your upper chest and the other on your stomach below your rib cage. Breathe in slowly through your nose and feel your stomach move out from under your hand. Practice keeping the hand on your chest as still as possible. Concentrate on deep breaths that fill the lungs rather than the shallow ones that only fill the chest. Now, soften your gaze or perhaps even close your eyes. And when your mind wanders as it will, return to the physical sensation of your breath.